motivators. Good morning. Man, what a beautiful day. Morning, it's friggin' 66 degrees. Some overcast skies. <clears throat> Leaving Dr. Drill Instructor Program out of Harleysville, Pennsylvania. We did some Tabata. Let this gentleman across the street. Got a nice little dog. A little pointer or some shit. Some sort of retriever. Man and his dog. Look at him. Nice wave. Listen. Try to do a good turn. Try to let the guy and his freaking dog across the street, right? Nothing better than a man or a human being and their dog. You imagine us back in the freaking day. I'm talking cave person times. And just believe that wolves and their relatives, you know, they would prey upon us, right? We had our little cave and we come out of the cave, they catch you out after dark, a pack of wolves would round you up and tear you to shreds. They'd eat you, just like anything. Any sort of game to stay alive, to subsist. Those wolves would prey upon us. So, but we had spears and we had friggin' campfires and <clears throat> rocks and clubs and all this shit. So we learned to defend ourselves against these wolves. And soon there were too many of us. We'd sit by our campfires and we would roast our, our game or make our little soup or whatever the hell, gruel that we were eating. Imagine some sort of rabbit or something turning over a spit as we had cave person conversation. And those dogs would start to get a little bit close to the campfire. They would dare to come in after we left and they would steal the scraps off of our sticks and our makeshift utensils. My little recording studio here is not without its its issues. You know, I got shit vibrating, little garage door openers, whatnot. Anyway. Those friggin' wolves would circle up around our campfire and move in after we would be asleep and they would steal the scraps that we left over. And pretty soon those wolves would be habituated to us. And we became their friends. We became their buddies. We domesticated them. And then everywhere we went, we had our dog, our friggin' semi-wolf by our side that would protect us and help us to hunt and help us ward off other clans and such. And that's the story of dog domestication as far as I know it. All dogs today are connected. Their DNA is almost identical to the wolf. We've engineered them in different ways. By domestication, to make them tall or short or fast or big teeth, little teeth, whatever, different colors, bended them to our will. So let the friggin' man and his dog across that road, give them both a little bit of a safe breadth across the road and go about their business because they've been associated forever.
<clears throat> Listen, we had a kick-ass workout this morning. We did Tabata. Me and Thor circled up the crew on the spring floor, put on some good tunes. 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. Eight cycles. Eight cycles of that. Freaking motivating music, motivating circle of motivators. Exercise, getting the blood flowing, man. Getting the circulation flowing. Circulating to percolate. You ever hear that term? Circulate to percolate? Percolate. It's like, you know, you're going to mingle. I'm single and ready to mingle. Man, I'm friggin' new in business and I'm gonna ready to circulate, circulate to percolate. Want to get out there and move and shake a little bit, you know what I'm saying? So that's what we were doing. Circled up, getting that friggin' cardiovascular system primed. Working on our muscles. Working on our wind. Getting those lungs. Doing some gas exchange. Facilitating our capillary function, action, efficiency. It's just a beautiful thing. It just It's very simple. You're training so that you can make yourself resilience for the day-to-day. I'm going to work hard because life is hard. And I need to be prepared for it. I need to be prepared for life. It's a good thing to do. So what else? Let's talk about mushrooming real quick. I started doing this. I had a, I have a friend. I don't know my patients. I call him El Capitan. You might have heard me talking shit about him. Some of the videos and pictures I post. This guy is a naturalist. He's a science a scientist by trade. He's a naturalist, an appreciator of all things nature, trees, dirt, horticulture livestock. He's got a falconry permit, the only person I've ever met in my life that has a license that he maintains because if he lets it lapse, he'll probably never get one again because they only give a few out. He can train, capture and train a bird of prey, keep it as a pet, and train it to go after birds and whatever. Train it to hunt and help him hunt. He hasn't done it in years, but he's got a falconry permit. Do you know anybody that has one? I mean, not somebody you heard about, somebody you actually know or are in contact on a regular basis. My friend, El Capitan, is a badass. He knows his shit. So he tells me about mushrooming one time over a chiropractic adjustment. I'm like, mushroom? What? He's telling me about something called chanterelles and black trumpets and white trumpets and morels bolites I mean there's all kinds of terms phrases that the guy uses you could walk out in the wilderness with him just in a park and you, he will see things and make you see things help you notice the world around you it's breathtaking it's awesome so he encouraged me to get into mushrooming I went out with him one time became friends. Hey, maybe I'll invite Dr. Rowe out, see if we can show him how to get some mushrooms. Excuse me. 
little dehydrated from that fierce workout. <clears throat> Had to take a, a nice long pull on that big bubba water bottle that I got. So I go out and friggin' hunt mushrooms with El Capitan. And you start he starts to point out things. They'll tell you, well, they need to be around a certain trees, like oaks and tulip poplars. Old growth forest is where you find these mushrooms. They need shade because mushrooms like moisture. They don't like to, they'll wither up in the sun. You ever leave a mushroom in the refrigerator and it gets all wrinkly and starts to lose its fullness? Or go out on a, uh, and see a nice mushroom in your grass and then the next day, or you don't have as much rain the next day, friggin' mushrooms all withered up or maybe even gone. It's because they're basically all moisture. In addition to their fungal structure, they're all moisture. And they're tasty-wasty. So, this time of year, what you do is you go out and look for these chanterelles. Otherwise known as shanties or shants. So go out there. take Take a chance. And spend an afternoon walking through the woods with your family. Start looking at the base in and around these tulip poplars. First of all, you're going to find out what that tree looks like. Basically, if you know where there's an old growth forest, you're just going to pull up and get out. Make sure that it's not private property so nobody shoots your ass. And then you start walking. And you're going to notice that, yeah, I mean, shit, you're, you're going to be aware. It's a type of meditation now mushrooming because you really have to focus first of all you have to focus on where you're gonna put your feet because there's twigs and branches and downed old dead woods uh, you know wood rotting stuff and things you're unfamiliar with and rocks all kinds of shit obstacles in your path so you're focusing on that on the immediate obstacles in your path and just how to negotiate the woods you're taking in the sounds it's like a it's it's crazy surreal because in this jungle an absolute jungle of a world that we live in where there's beeps and buzzes and sounds and things are moving a million miles an hour cars and people and planes and we are in motion all the time. Such a frantic pace. So then you go out in the woods, and ironically, you're freaked out about being in the woods, right? You're scared of this unfamiliar environment. What was that? Oh, I stepped on a twig. Oh, was there a snake on the other side of that log? What was that rustle in the leaves? I saw a flash of light. A bird just came through. Like, it's a sad thing because we're out of tune with where we came from. That's why I think everybody should go camping. Everybody should go hiking. Because this is our connection with our history. This is where we come from. And even if it frightens us or seems unfamiliar at first, you'll settle in because it's who you are. We're freaking cave people. We're skinless monkeys walking the earth with supercomputers for brains capable of processing so much and genetically linked to our 
<clears throat> our lineage, our history. So this is what's going through your mind. We're probably not all that. It's going through my mind when I'm out in the woods because I'm a crazy bastard. <clears throat> so you're out there in the woods. You freaking find this old growth forest. Like I'm looking one right now. I'm at, sitting in this far reaches of this diner parking lot where all the creeps are going in there, getting their little friggin', you know, farmer's omelet or whatever the hell they're up to. Every morning they go to breakfast, fat bastards. And I'm looking down the street I can see quite a bit of the community from here I can see some stands of old growth trees that probably have mushrooms at the base of them you need enough shade for those mushrooms to take refuge and grow and you need some rain so it's been pretty moist last couple weeks last week it rained it's gonna rain all this week that's good mushroom weather particularly after the rains things dry up a little bit you'll see these mushrooms come out so chanterelles are orange and kind of ugly kind of they don't have if you if you can imagine turning a mushroom upside down like a button mushroom and they have those gill slits those are those little veins inside the mushrooms I say vein I'm not talking like a vessel I'm talking like like a little slice little little fin going all the way around the underside of a mushroom might imagine under a button mushroom or a portobello. So <clears throat> they don't have any of those chanterelles. It's a big orange, twisty, turny, kind of ruffled at the edges. And I've shown you pictures online. You look for them and you're gonna walk through that forest and you're not gonna find shit initially. Because you're just not programmed to see it. You're not used to it. It's not something you notice. It's like if you ever, you ever notice that somebody, let's say you're a bird watcher and I go out into the field with you and we're looking for, I don't know, freaking bluebirds, kingfishers, toucans, and we go out in the woods, you're going to see things, you're going to hear things that I couldn't possibly imagine because I'm unattuned to it. So you need to become attuned to mushroom hunting. A, just get out there and move around in the forest, become adept at doing that, enjoy it, take in the natural world. B, do your homework, know what a chanterelle looks like. And you're gonna see that mushroom, you'll find it eventually and there'll be them scattered all along the under uh, brush. Anytime you don't, you don't want to, you're not going to find them where there's like enough light to get in so that little grasses and um, saplings and stuff grow. For some reason, what they like is like a leafy under, uh, leafy bed of the forest where there's just enough shade to keep them, you know, satisfied. That's where you're going to find mushrooms grow. So you have to find that spot. Once you find it, you're going to start to see them everywhere and you see other mushrooms that you'll be intrigued about and you go home and look up recipes and you look at other techniques and how to pick them and what the spores are like and so many things shit that i don't even know that i'm learning about so consider going out there and doing some mushroom hunting i went out last week and i got couple bags full 
of mushrooms. I have so many that I'm giving them away. I talked to a buddy who's a chef, and he looked up prices. He said they were going for like 30 bucks a pound or something like that. Fresh ones, you know. A lot of mushrooms, they'll dry them and sell them like that. But for fresh mushrooms, chefs love those, and they do a lot of cool stuff with them. And, you know, they'd be willing to part with hundreds of dollars in order to be supplied with them. So I think that's pretty cool. I think it's cool that people know about these things still. That there is something out there in the natural world that we can go harvest on public land or in our own backyard and appreciate. We can eat it. You know, now growing up, everybody was like, oh, don't eat mushrooms because you never know what they are and it can be poisonous and yada, yada, yada. Okay, I get it. That's a wise thing to say. But once you know what the hell you're looking for, a lot of these mushrooms are edible. And, you know, your loss is my gain. If you want to be scared of these things and not try anything new, I don't, you know, who know, the hell knows what the hell we're eating in the supermarket. So I've eaten plenty of these suckers, and they're very good, and people appreciate them. Also, think about this. <clears throat> Imagine yourself like in the Wild West, and you're going west in search of gold. How cool must that have been? Like, you, here you are, you move out west, you find this creek, this river bend, and you start panning for gold. And you find a couple flecks. And then you find a nugget. And then you find more gold and more gold. And you get all you can get, and then you go down to town and you melt that gold down and sell it and you get top dollar then what do you do you go back out you go to that spot when you can't when you took all the gold out that you think you can find you move on you always remember that spot it's made you a fortune it's produced for you and then while you're paying for gold one day somebody walks up upon you and starts to, or you catch somebody panning in your spot, and you're pissed because they're taking what's yours, you know, or they found your spot. They found your fishing hole. Hey, where'd you catch that fish? Uh, yeah, you know, in the Chesapeake. Oh, really? Where in the Chesapeake? You know what I mean? People want to have the same fortune as you did, and so you can, you can see very easily how they will, um, you know, there's not an unlimited resource of things like mushrooms and gold and fish. So you want to keep, you know, you tell your closest friends where you can go hunting for mushrooms, but it's like the gold rush in that way. That it's a finite resource that's very precious, and once you have a certain amount of knowledge about it, you don't like to share it with just anybody. It's like a secret. And I think that that's very cool about mushrooming. So consider going out there if you have any interest. If you like mushrooms and you like going out in the, in the forest and enjoying the natural world, maybe you'll consider giving, uh, shrooming, uh, you know, educating yourself and going out there and trying it. It's definitely cool because it's something that not everybody does. And that's neat because everybody wants to be normal. Everybody wants to fit in. 
and then you get to the point where you are an adult and you realize, man, I'm tired of freaking being like everybody else. Everybody does the same, same shit. So I've got a job and I went to college, got a job, started a family, um, you know, mid now I'm at midlife and I'm just like everybody else. What makes me unique? And so maybe you go mushrooming, whatever. My final story is about this whole gold rush concept and mushrooming and whatever. Once upon a time, a buddy took me on a fishing trip into the Northeast Pennsylvania, coal country. He said that he had a fishing guide that he would, on a couple times a year maybe, go spend some time with for smallmouth bass. I believe it was on the Susquehanna River. And so we meet this guy at 5 o'clock in the morning or whatever. We get our poles. We go, actually, I don't think, I think he supplies us with everything. You go up there, get in his boat, and you fly around on this creek for, on this river for a day, half a day, whatever. Catch all these crazy fish. So here's an individual that has special knowledge where the pools are, where the fish can be found in the uh, river, what the, what the conditions of the river are. Is it too muddy? Is it, is it low? Is this area producing? Or is there you know, some sort of reason why people aren't catching fish? What, what's the best bait? Again, very cool. It's this guy's job to be a fishing guide. You know, when most people are content to sit in a cubicle or, you know, whatever, commute into the city. This guy's a fucking fishing guide. And I'm sure that, like any job, there are things that you start to, you know, that you love and some things you start to hate about it. But, gotta admit, it's a pretty cool gig if you, people like to fish, you know. <clears throat> so this guy gets paid pretty friggin' well, hundreds of dollars for taking people out on the on the uh, river for a day. Does that for a season and probably sits on his ass in the wintertime. So, I go out fishing. We have a great day fishing. We're done uh, mid-afternoon, maybe 3 o'clock, something like that. Hey, let's get a bite to eat before we head back down. Double hour drive. So we stop in this little, this town outside of the, you know, this riverside town just adjacent to Susquehanna. It was very poor. One thing about up in the country, you know, there's some farmers still and there's some, some companies and larger businesses, but really sporadic, right? The economy just is not what it, it's not good. I don't think it's ever really great, but if... If things aren't going, you know, sometimes if a business folds up in the country, a lot of people are out of work, then they got to drive over here, or farmers are getting their asses kicked in the whole nine yards. So there wasn't a lot of money up there is what I'm trying to say. We pull in this town, very poverty-stricken, there's a bar and grill. We're sitting in there, and we were talking with the guide while we're out on the, on the river about how... 
there's a lot of fracking happening up there. So fracking is a, despite a depressed economy, generally, the fracking industry is busted wide open. I mean, so there's a lot of drilling up there and there's all kinds of construction vehicles and workers using those roads. They're using these country, old country roads to such an extent that they, and they're making so much money up there that they repaired the roads and basically had to because they were tearing them up. They needed them to support the, the, the transit of dump trucks and all this shit. And so, despite this shitty economy, the fracking industry was friggin' very successful. And you could, it was like the gold rush. That's what I imagined it like. It was like, you can imagine the Wild West must have been, where people of all walks of life had heard about this bounty in the wilderness, that there was an actual, a mineral called gold that was, you know, it was in the earth, and the best place to look for it is where it was coming out of the earth, where the water would come down these riverbeds and erode away chunks of the earth and maybe carve out some microscopic flecks of the gold. This very malleable, very shiny <clears throat> mineral. Can you imagine that? That they learned of this. And so the modern day gold rush is our fossil fuels or maybe mushrooms for you or whatever, you know, some sort of natural resources. I think it's really, really cool. So we're up sitting in this, me and my buddy, we're sitting in this bar and grill and a waitress comes over and I'm uh, looking over to my left and right and, you know, I see people having conversations and this guy, he says, yeah, well, I, I'm hauling water. I'm in here from Michigan. I've been here for six months. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm pretty busy. I, I got a, a fleet of trucks, six trucks, uh, got some workers in here. Yeah, we're over on this job site. So one guy's uh, hauling stone. Another guy is hauling water for the process of the fracking and some sort of fracking solution and drill bits. And, well, I'm an engineer, and I know exactly where to, to dig, and we're over here on this project and this many acres and this much uh, natural gas. Uh, this is you know, is coming out of the earth here and we're going to be moving on down the road. So these, all these people are talking. They're, this guy from Michigan, one guy from California, Pennsylvania, you know, New York, Jersey, the tri-state area. People are working. A community is bustling due to this fossil fuel that they're extracting from the ground, which is obviously, you know, very controversial from an environmental point of view. And we're talking about the, the impact of the fracking industry on the, the aquifer and on the river and on the fish with the guide. Um, so, of course, we can get into an environmental discussion about you know, you're out there mushrooming or you're out there fishing or panning for gold or whatever. What is the impact? Like, how much should we take? Let's say you find you're into mushrooms and you're doing this and you find that there's a a huge uh, bounty of mushrooms. You find a shitload of mushrooms in this public land and you go in there, do you take everything? Because on some level you're going to want to if you really appreciate these things. And let's say you find a couple restaurants that, that want these mushrooms 
these fresh mushrooms, they'll pay you $100 a pound, let's say. Then you're going to freaking probably take every mushroom that's in that forest. And what happens if everybody does that? There'll be no more chanterelles. Somehow we'll fuck it up. Is seems to be the history of it. So that's my story about mushrooming. Go out there and enjoy Mother Nature. Find some mushrooms, maybe put them in, make sure that you positively identify them, clean them up, put them in a pan, some garlic and butter, some onion powder, and my, my favorite ingredient smoked paprika. Take a little cover, like a pan cover, put it over it. You can steam them like that. I'm, I cooked some pork chops the other day. Text message from Good Egg. Fracking motivators. My friend, the Good Egg. Uh, take some. Uh, I oh, I know I did. I I friggin' cooked some pork chops up. And uh, in the pork chop fat and the grease, I just threw these mushrooms right in there. Cleaned them up, put some spices, and covered them up put it on medium and just sizzled them in the pan got them steamed a little bit a little saute action flipped them over and incorporated them in my meal and they were absolutely delicious so go out there learn about the, the earth reconnect with it convene with mother nature Gaia another name for mother nature walk through the woods do something that we call forest bathing you might have read an article on that that is when you just go out there and stroll, take a stroll in the woods and learn about, reconnect, ground yourself. Step out of this concrete jungle and back into a real jungle and you'll appreciate all of the creatures that we have out there and all the things, people, places, and things a little bit more. Noteworthy is that uh, there's actually a good podcast that I've listened to on mushrooming. There's this guy that's on the Joe Rogan podcast. I would, I would type in uh, on in YouTube Joe Rogan mushroom guest, mushroom man, Joe Rogan, or JRE Joe Rogan experiences his podcast. It'll pop right up. It's like one of the most pod, successful podcasts ever. Joe's a great host, has great guests, and this guy's called uh, the mushroom guy's name is Paul Stamets. He is a mycologist. He studies fungi. He's a fun guy, too. So he'll tell you, you know, hear the story about mushrooms. Edible mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms, um, mushrooms that people grind up and, and are highly sought after, or, or they supplement with. Mushrooms that we can cultivate on our own. Guy's friggin' brilliant. Magic mushrooms, even talk a little bit about hallucinogenic mushrooms. Um, so check out that podcast. It's really, really interesting. It doesn't, if it doesn't sound so right now, I'm telling you, you'll be surprised. Paul Stamets on JRE. He's got a lot to say. Extremely informative. And I think it's worth looking into. Something different. All right, everybody, have a great day. Love you, brothers and sisters. Be good to one another. Make the best of these dog days of summer. Huh! <laughs>